I was just having way too much sex that week. Yeah, I, I just started my OnlyFans about a year and a half ago. And that's when I have a problem. And then I had to take it to HR. When I think of how my story should have been told, I feel like they kind of shadowed me out. All right, everybody, we are Sex Positivity Unfiltered. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Lindsay Murray. And I'm Denise Stratton. And we have a very special guest for you today. We have Tressa Silguero in the house, also known as Stella May. Yes, and she was in a Netflix documentary called Hot Girls Wanted, which we did both watch. So we're excited to talk about um, Hot Girls Wanted is a documentary about the amateur porn industry. And, um, you know, we have her here today to talk about her experience in the industry. And Tressa, you I know you got out of the industry, but now you're back in it. So do you mind sharing with us like what you're doing now? Yeah, I I just started my OnlyFans about a year and a half ago. I'm enjoying it. Um, It's just been kind of a little bit more different than what I was expecting, to be honest. I okay. thought it was gonna really be a little bit more tedious. Thought I was gonna have to post a lot more or anything like that. But yeah. No, it's actually a really easy platform to use. All right, perfect. Well, we're excited to get into it. Let's get into it. All right. I know it's been like a decade for you to like go back and reflect, um, but how, yeah, how was your experience with it? Did you know that, uh, did you know that you were gonna be in a documentary? like? straight out the bat so i had no idea i was actually going to be in a documentary i just got on a plane and just got into the industry and then i want to say like within maybe a couple weeks later we had these two ladies that wanted to film a documentary that rashida jones was going to be producing so my um agent riley at the time was like oh well this will give me great like publicity just like just blew up him so much that like he's just He's comfortable now. He's he's comfortable now. But um, yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing the moment I got on that plane. And so I was looking forward to it. I just didn't think I was going to be in a documentary going through this and my whole experience being recorded. How was the recruitment process like? Like, did you, I mean, you just saw it on Craigslist. I kind of saw that a little bit. in the. Yeah. So I did answer an ad on Craigslist for a free flight to Miami. All things paid for. The description was something like nude photography and uh, video recording. So it didn't necessarily say porn, but those are the descriptions of porn. And once I got in contact with Riley, he was sending me the companies that I would be potentially working for. So like Mofos, Reality Kings, Bing Bus, all of them, or Bing Bros. So um, it just depend on like how I felt at the moment, 19 years old, wanting to just break free. Mm-hmm. So I took my chance. Oh yeah. Girl. I just wasn't expecting a documentary to come out about it. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be able to go under the radar or anything, but no. How did how did it make you feel when you like two weeks in you realized this is gonna be a documentary? What were you thinking at the I time? I was already having a, the time of my life. Mm. I was already living up. I was just I was happy. So I didn't mind. I didn't care. I really didn't. I was like, oh well they need a documentary. I'm more than happy to give them like raw uh, footage and like whatever they have any questions just let me know like yeah. me about it. you were down with like yeah. my experience from start all yeah the way to- oh yeah i was like the phrase i was balls deep hey. <laughs> I, was, I was balls deep in that the moment i got on that plane i was not going to like change my mind about anything so 
man, I was one reckless 19-year-old. Girl, aren't we all? <gasps> Let's not even talk about <sighs> our 20s. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, interesting, interesting. So um, how long was the filming process take? Like, how long? Because in the documentary, it was mm -hmm. only an hour and a half for us, mm -hmm. but... So filming was about, I want to say nine months, maybe nine to 12 months of filming. And then I want to say they stopped filming around the summertime once I moved in with Kendall. And it took them about maybe eight months to get ready for uh, the film festival in Utah. Wow. So that's where they pitched it to Netflix and Netflix bought it. Wow. wow, okay, that's a huge deal. And for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen the documentary, um, I mean, Tressa, obviously you were in it, but there was like other women who were in it too. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then like Riley, who was kind of the, he like, I guess, recruiter. He's the agent. He's yeah. the agent, he's yeah. The um, and we, but we got to see um, like your relationship with Kendall, who was your boyfriend at the time, but we also mm -hmm. got to see some of your family in the documentary. Yeah. So it was very, I mean, the documentary was very personal, um, personal very for personal, sure. Very yes. Uh, Someone that actually got like a little peep eye into my life on that part of that chapter of my life. So it was like, it was a little nerve wracking coming back home. But for the most part, yeah, it was a very personal documentary. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And completely your life because we didn't really go into the lives of, I believe it's Rachel mm -hmm. or yeah, Rachel. Um, any of the other. Ava. So yeah. I can't believe I've actually gotten like catfished by Rachel, like someone playing her. They would like be like, hey, I know we haven't talked in like years, but I just wanted to see how you were doing. Played it off like it was her and it wasn't. Oh it was just some God. like creepy old man. I'm like, all right, bro. Like if you could have just like been honest, I would have probably still talked to you. But like you were trying to portray some other person that I hadn't seen in over five years. Like yeah. you don't do that. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. That's not right. <laughs> It can get sketchy. Just yes. internet makes it to where like you can put on a mask pretty. pretty oh, absolutely. Well. Um, mm -hmm. Do you do you get recognized from the documentary or, or now or did you then too? The last time I got recognized was at ACL. Um, it was the first time I had worked the bars, and I had this kindergarten teacher just like ball her eyes out in front of me. She's like, "I know you," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> but can I, can I get you a margarita or a wine or something?" And she's like. I just love the documentary. You're an inspiration. Like, I truly Aww. like look up to you and you're just so sweet. Like, you have such a nice family. I hope you get everything that you want in life. And I'm like, all right, thank you so much. But I'm trying to be like a normal person. Yeah. Have like a normal life, go to work, not really get asked those kind of questions. You know, I just don't find that to be quite professional for me. Right. So like, anytime right. someone does approach me when I was working, um, it's just like, all right, you need to calm down. We're not talking about this. But if you want, just hit me up on Instagram. We can talk more about that. Oh, But really? just not in person while I'm working. Was it like coworkers or was it like It was customers. Customers. Oh, no Customers. Way. Yeah, oh, customers. Yeah, because yeah, around the time that you were my – fun fact, guys, she used to be my boss. You know, in a little <laughs> restaurant that I used to work when my first we go back. gig. We go back. We go back. We do. We do. Um, but uh, yeah, that's so interesting because I do know that I think the documentary came out like maybe a couple of years before you started at, as managing. It was it came out in 2014 and I became a manager in 2015. So okay. it was like a year. No, 2016. So, yeah. OK. 
to okay. two years. So I guess, yeah, it's kind of recent. It's mm -hmm. on people's minds. So, yeah, it makes sense why you would get yeah. recognized. So nowadays, does it affect your professional life? Like if you had any of your bosses or employers see it after the fact? Um, I was working for a big grocery company mm -hmm. at a warehouse in San Marcos and somehow my stuff got leaked and I don't know if you've ever been in a warehouse, but it's practically like 90% men. Mm. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's like, okay, cool. Um, now every man in this building knows what my body looks like yeah. under my clothes. This is not comfortable. Um, so I'm like, all right, whatever. But the moment someone approaches me about it, then that's when I have a problem. And then I had to take it to HR. The HR person was actually a man and he was completely like dumbfounded. He was like, Huh? I don't know how to deal with He's this. He's like, huh? <laughs> oh. and I'm like, I, I'm like, I just don't want to get harassed. I don't want yeah. to like be bothered by it. I don't care if people talk about it. I don't want to hear about it though. I yeah. don't want people coming and talking to me like so and so said. And it's like, and he's like, well, that happens. Just let me know. We'll write him up. They will eventually like have to like leave you alone. I'm like, okay, cool. So just to kind of bring it back forward to what you're doing now, mm -hmm. what would you say? What brought you back into the industry? And your niche uh i would say what brought me back would be i felt like i was losing a little bit of my creative side to be honest like really? my artistic like side because i think the human body is just absolutely gorgeous so yes. why not take pictures of it why not film it why not do beautiful things like, yeah but i prefer to like do mainly solos so it's just mainly me or i will have a guy with me or a dildo but for the most part it's just solos and boy girl that's what you prefer no what i prefer is girl girl but it's oh. so hard to find girls to play with because they are very modest or they're shy they don't want to be on camera or mm. they just don't know what to do interesting i would assume because i okay you can assume that <laughs> okay you can assume that you have game i don't i don't have game like you okay but from the industry um <laughs> thank you by the way <laughs> um from the industry it seemed like a lot of women what no matter what their sexuality actually prefer to work with women um, yeah. from what i've seen because mm -hmm. i've done a little research before starting uh coming here um way so more I pleasurable Really? I was just going to ask why that preference would be there. And that's a big reason why. Mm -hmm. Pleasure. It just feels a lot better because in the industry, when you're filming, the angle of how the dick goes inside of you is not always that pleasant because they have to get that open shot or like that oh. spot to like really see the insert and it coming in and out, like have to get it all. But it's not always the most comfortable position. It's all about angle. It's all about it's all, film angles. It's all about just seeing it okay like they just have to get a good view of it and you just got to open up and take take a dick to the hip i guess that's all i really can say oh i guess i never thought about that just like the comfort aspect mm -hmm. or the difference in comfort levels yeah whereas when you're with a female we are very well at reading our bodies mm -hmm. so it's like it's a lot more enjoyable you actually climax and it just eh, for me feels better yeah, makes a ton of sense to me. So is there a good level of acting, I would say, in the, whenever you're performing in your scenes? and I don't really act in my scenes. What you see is what you get. Oh, okay. I'll be it. honest. What you see is what you get. I like that. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of, a lot of reality or as far as your reaction. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. 
It's all real. I don't okay. fake my orgasms. I I just can't because I feel like you could see it on my face if I tried. <laughs> like, if I do you think? Do you like think trying. a lot of people do? Like a lot of people who are filmed, do you think they do? If they do, they do. But yeah. I mean, it's that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> if they can fake it, all to them. But I just I prefer not to. Which I, I think is great. Like we like um, we were just talking about this actually about like how like in some porn the the reaction or the orgasm can be like so exaggerated like yes. you can tell you can tell it's not mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. um and it is a lot more fun to watch like as a viewer if you feel like it's more authentic, authentic realistic genuine, that is how it really yep. genuine yeah mm-hmm. yeah like Riley said in the documentary, you basically give the guy a camera and then you just tell them all to, you know, just go have fun. Mm-hmm. So it does, you get that really nice, raw, realistic, oh, this could, from his perspective, this could be me, like, mm-hmm. type thing. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't, it's really enjoyable. Um, so Absolutely. I could see mm-hmm. that. So uh, speaking of Riley, what was your relationship like with him? We saw a little bit of, of it on the documentary, but. I mean, we this- had a. From what I could tell, we mm-hmm. had a good relationship. We never really bumped heads. We communicated. Um, okay. I mean, I never really had any issues except for like that one shooting where it was like, I didn't know it was a cream pie shooting. And when I showed up, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what? No. So I call Riley and he's like, oh, I thought you knew. I'm like, what? No, I don't do. I'm not on birth control. I can't. And he's like, well, they'll give you plan B. I was like, I don't want to do that, though. Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, well, do you want to do it? I was like, let me talk to him. Let's see if we can figure out a plan. And we ended up like doing the pastry or like that turkey sucker thing. Yeah. Filling it up with the coconut stuff and shooting it up me and making it look like someone came in me. That's okay. like the only thing I've ever faked on camera. I'll be honest. <laughs> that's the only thing. But like, I, that's a good, I mean, that's like a good boundary that you had though. I mean, you had to yeah. speak up and say, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to, I wasn't on birth control. I wasn't on anything. So it's like, I don't want to put something to throw off my whole cycle and my hormones. So it's like, no, let's just, let's get creative. Let's figure something out. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious as far as like when you first started the amateur, how did, like, what was Riley's role? How was he your coworker? What did he do? He would be the one to reach out to companies to book me. Um, he would take a 20% cut of whatever I made. And um, I paid him rent because we lived in the model house. Okay. So I paid him rent with that. Um, I tried my best with gas money, but sometimes he wouldn't drive me and someone else, like one of the other models would be driving. So yeah. it just depends. But for the most part, our relationship was really good. I mean... We didn't have any bad blood. Like, he understood whenever I was telling him, like, hey, I'm not coming back. He understood. He wasn't, like, negative. He wasn't ugly towards me. He's like, it's okay. I understand. Good. So, and he was very kind enough to pack all of my stuff that was still in my room and ship that box to my house, Aww, to Texas. So that's nice. So, that was, like, a ref- that, that, was, that was really sweet of him because he really didn't have to do that. Hey, so your relationship with your agent, right? Mm-hmm. Your agent my agent. Good. He was also a talent as well. He was talent and agent at the same time. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he would do his agent work and then also work as a talent on the side whenever he would get booked. Wow, that's a good – for him, it seems like the business model is really good because he, obviously, being a talent, he gets the same um, kind of pay scale that you guys get as far as that goes, I'm assuming. I don't think men get paid the same as women. I don't believe really? they do. I don't think they do. And so is this one of the few industries where – Females actually are, there's a discrepancy where y'all are higher? Yes and no. It just depends on the type of porn that Mm. you're getting paid to shoot. 
Mm-hmm. So like girl girl is not gonna be as much as a boy girl scene. Really? Yes. Okay. Girl girl for me was between like five to seven hundred dollars a shoot. Okay. And then for males it was between like a thousand to twelve. Bondage was fourteen. Solos were six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you got to basic so basically you're looking at these different types of gigs and just kinda mm-hmm. deciding which pay scale or what you're comfortable with well he would book me for everything okay. like because i i just wanted the exposure i just wanted to have fun i wanted to fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like 19 and, hell yeah and, yeah <laughs> fucking i wanted to make money doing it so i was just like book me for whatever just no anal and at the time i wasn't doing interracial or um uh transsexuals okay so those were my only like three hard no's at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually love that you have a lot of control over the type of scenes that you like. You basically well, yeah, pick like, your gigs. And yeah. that's like what was so confusing like with me in the relationship. Like she like offset, she was very strong, like headstrong, silly, fun person. But yeah. onset, like I get like you're working, you want to be serious, but she would just she wouldn't speak up whenever she felt uncomfortable. Mm. So you're Mm. you're saying that as far as girls that are going into this industry, that's something that they definitely need to have. They need to have that. They they need to stick to their guns. They need to not let anyone try to convince them otherwise. Don't don't let money get in the way of what you are like are on a hard no for. Like Mm. so what if they they're gonna pay you an extra like two, three hundred dollars for a cream pie shoot and then you get plan B on the side. It's like no, I don't want the extra two, three hundred dollars and a pill. No, and the added stress yep. that comes from it. Yeah, yep. I was like, I don't want that. Plus, I'm Mexican. I'm very potent. I don't want <laughs> to like, get these pregnant. Are fertile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fertile. Like my sister has no problem. All the women in my family have no problem getting pregnant. So it's like, no, I don't want to test those waters. Have you ever had a pregnancy uh, scare? Yes. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, how, how did you come up with your like hard nose? And I'm asking that because I, I would imagine that's hard to determine like what am I comfortable with? What am I not comfortable with? Like I, I don't even know how you would come up with that. Yeah. So a little background of me. I lost my virginity when I was 13 years old. So I have a lot of experience um, before I even went into the industry my number, my body count was 50. I'll be honest. Oh, my body wow. count okay. was at 50, okay. at 90, or at 19. So I knew what I liked. I knew what I didn't like. Right. I knew how to get myself off without anyone. So it's like I did a lot of ex- uh, exploring on okay. my body. So you got to get to know your body to know what your hard nose are. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, for So you, you've always, even at a young age, you've been very sexually... Um, active yeah. a- active and comfortable as yes. well mm-hmm. that's good to know that's good yeah. to know because that was something I also had to explore as well being queer lady you kind of figure out your nose but it takes a little bit of experimentation in order for yeah it to absolutely happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I do want to okay so a little bit back to um, Riley so his pay scale was basically um, his talent but he also got paid 20 percent and that was 20 percent per girl right mm-hmm. so Wow. So, and then on on top of that, you guys pay the expenses of the, the living house. expenses mm-hmm. and, and everything. So it's mm-hmm. a really good position for him to be the recruiter. But he always treated you guys with respect. Yeah, he, he always... never once, like, disrespected me. At, like, I've never once felt like, oh, well, that was ugly of Riley. Like, ugh. Like, I've never once felt that way. Like, 
we all can be assholes. We can all be a dick. But for the most part, like, he was a good guy. Like, he never did me wrong. He always, like, got me work whenever I needed it. So it's like, I have no bad blood between Riley and I. No, I love it. And I love, because I feel like that's a rewarding thing in the industry is to treat your girls really well because mm-hmm. then you guys are happy and you guys are wanting to work for him yeah. for longer and better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then going back to the um, the hard nose, I'm curious if there are any consequences to like, okay, so you set up, you get to a scene, you're there, they've booked you, everyone, mm-hmm. the film I'm already is ready. here, makeup ready to yeah. go. And then you find out that there's some, there was a misunderstanding somewhere mm-hmm. and you find out that there's something that you don't want to do. So you tell them no. Is there any consequences, anything like that? I mean, you just don't get paid. Like, does it does it mess with your reputation? It mainly messes. It's not the talent's fault. It will always be the agent because unless the talent is actually doing the bookings themselves, then yeah. it will fall back on the on the talent. But it will always go through the agent or the company that the agent mm. works for. Then that's kind of like, all right, well. They did this one time. Let's put a mark. And if it keeps happening, we won't work for them kind of thing. That's how I would do it. Gotcha. As a businesswoman from like if that was happening to me, I was trying to make content and girls were like, oh, no, like that's not what we discussed. I'd be like, all right, well. Oh, that's between them and the agent. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, I won't book you if this keeps happening over and over and over again. Because yeah, you're just time and money. Exactly. It's like I'm going to I will find a girl that will do it. One thing I do want to definitely ask you, because you said you were always in um, control. You're always with like what you like. You were pretty much in control what you wanted to do. Was there any scenes that you ever did that made you physically uncomfortable? I'd probably say physically uncomfortable was probably riding the motorcycle naked. (laughs) down. That was probably the most uncomfortable thing because it was hot leather. Oh, girl. I'm like hot leather on. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just think Physically. when you're, I, I think of Physically like, painful. even if you're like wearing shorts, like your leg like sticks it's, to it, but it's, but it's like your vulva. Yeah. <laughs> it sticks to it. Oh, yeah. that's rough. Yeah. yeah. Rough. Okay. Okay. Physically yeah. uncomfortable. Now, what about ethically? Any, any that you're like, uh, don't know if I probably, right probably uh, when they just get a little too old. No. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Oh, because I guess I did see in the documentary there were some practices where it the, the scenes were kind of like them trying to like convince you, you know, mm-hmm. it's older guy who's trying to convince the Manipulation. younger, yeah, yeah manipulate yeah, yeah. him, yeah. Oh yeah, because I I remember that too for the documentary. It was like. I feel like that's like a sod after scene where like the girl is a virgin and she doesn't like, really want to say in, yes. She's and... in trouble or like just in a tie with something and she doesn't <laughs> know what else to do. And he's like, well, I could do this. I could help you, but you got to. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta. I can fix your car, but, but yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. Okay. But now since you have only fans, you get to decide the scenes. Do you have any plot lines in what oh, you're no. So literally, Never. it's just, let's get down I, to business. Like, I will set up my above-the-bed camera. I'll have two cameras set on each corner, and then we'll just do whatever the fuck I want, like, or whatever he wants. Like, I don't I don't really want to put limitations or make it so, like, we're going to do this, 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 and that. And here's how it has to start, and here's how it has to end, and exactly. here's how, oh, okay, it's yeah. It's like, no, let's just, let's just have fun. I want all the angles so I can 
cut and edit wherever I want to and it just be completely authentic and genuine. And you get to do all you do all the editing yourself. Yeah, you I, I do all the editing. Yourself. I do all of the work myself. Uh-huh. I don't allow anyone to take over my OnlyFans. No. And as Good. someone who does get to edit and mm-hmm. Lindsay's also mm-hmm. getting into video editing too, there is that I don't know, that creative like your creative juices are flowing yes. whenever you're sitting mm-hmm. there like, all right, this angle, this angle, oh, that looks good. It's like, oh, we moved to this position. Let me go to this camera right here. Yeah. You can, back and forth. you can make it look however you want mm-hmm. it to look. Mm-hmm. I like your perspective on like you kind of just do whatever the fuck you want, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what you're, that's what yeah. you're going to film. And I say that like as a sex therapist with clients, clients in their personal life very much have all the shoulds in their own sex life. Like it should start this way. It should be like intercourse. We both should have an orgasm. Here's how it shouldn't. Like oh, wow. people have like, people have like this, yeah. um, there's like this expectation, like here's how it has to go every time. And then when it doesn't, it's like this big disappointment. And then they get nervous to even try to mm. engage in sex. And it doesn't matter how long they've been together. Like it's easy to get caught up in the, even even in personal lives, like sex should be this way and it's not happening that way. And then mm. like, there's no fun in there, you know, for them. Yeah. So I just, I just found that interesting. I'm like, yeah, that's how it should be is just. What's going to be fun, even if things don't go according to plan, right? Exactly. And it's like, sex should be fun to where you should be able to, like, do something and giggle about it and it still be like, all right, we're getting this going. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be scripted. It shouldn't have to be, like, bullet points. It's like, Mm -hmm. let me read your body language. You read mine. Let's have fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Because I agree with with Lindsay. A lot of... It seems like a lot of sex in like the per- in your personal life in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you're with a partner at first, it's very mission based. Like we're we're here. We know the acts that we we need. We know the positions that can get you to come quickly. It's goal oriented around yeah. around the orgasm. Yes. It's like if you would just have fun, the orgasm will come. If if it's gonna if happen, not it, multiple ones. Right, right. It's if like, you just like let it naturally happen, maybe you'll mm-hmm. get so caught up in like. It's taking too long. And why have it? You know, it's yeah. so much anxiety stress wrapped up in it. Too much. Mm-hmm. It should be so much fun to do. Like, you shouldn't have to, like, go into the bedroom and be like, all right, babe, roll over. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair. So, I mean, it seems like your OnlyFans is very much authentic. Um, it's also very much you just having fun and kind of filming it and mm-hmm. showing it out. Yep, so that's my life. Hey, actually, <laughs> like, that's the way I live my life. Girl, kudos. <laughs> um, so, are you saying? Would you say you have way more fun now than you did whenever it was um, when you were actually in the industry working for other companies? It's fifty-fifty. Okay. I love that I'm able to create whatever I choose to put out mm-hmm. on the work or on my OnlyFans. I, I love that I have that outlet just to do whatever I want. Um, the only downfall is that I don't travel as much as I used to whenever I was in the industry and that is what got my high. Oh. Was traveling, traveling, Girl, seeing, <laughs> seeing different places, going and just meeting so many new people. Like I crave that. Okay. I'm always craving adventure. And just to explore, see new things, meet new people. So what you're saying is like the companies going through like agencies, they actually give you more access. Yes, to like because I'm flying to either Florida or I'm going to Vegas or Cali. Like you just never know. Like and you you can film practically anywhere in California. 
okay so as far as like the travel and the exciting part and the getting to meet new people going out mm -hmm. um are those expenses that you took care of yourself yes or? i had to pay for my own flights i had okay. to uh pay for my own like hotels or anything like that the only thing i didn't really have to pay for was my driver so that's like the one thing i didn't have to pay for Okay. Or at least the driver didn't didn't tell me I had to pay him. <laughs> I'd just get in. He's yeah. Like, your, this, is, this is where you're going. Hop out. All right. Thanks. Cool. Cool. Okay. So did those expenses eat into a lot of your revenue that you were making from the scenes? Yeah. Just about. Um, and, like, I was also sending money to my family during oh. that, too, because, like, I mean, they were comfortable. They're com they were comfortable then. They were comfortable now. But I just felt, I guess it was my guilty conscience eating at me like I felt bad I'm like oh here you go though take care groceries bills gas whatever and my mom and dad were very appreciative of it appreciative of it but they just didn't like what I was doing to get it of course yeah yeah I, that's something I did want to ask about because in the documentary it was I mean your your mom made it pretty obvious that she was not oh. happy about it even in the documentary and like there was a, a scene maybe towards the end of it where it was like Kendall, who was your partner at the time, and then your mom, and they were both talking about it, and it seemed like you felt ganged up, like, on, like ganged pressure. up on pressure to get out of the. Like I, that's what I was really most curious about is like that decision to get out of the industry at that time. Did you feel like it was really your decision, or did you feel like it they're not really my, giving me a choice? Yeah, I didn't have a choice because mm. they they gave me an ultimatum. They were like, if you don't get out, you're not gonna have a family that's going to be here when you come back. You're not going to have a man that loves you and that puts you first. He's going to take off. Like, my mom was just so mean <laughs> about that. Well, she you got an really ultimatum, yeah. Mean. Well, they threatened and you to, you're not going to have any support if you keep yeah, doing this. Yeah. They're like, if you go, practically just don't come back, pretty much. And I'm like, I look at my boyfriend, Kendall, and he's just like, yeah, I'm on your mom's side with this one. I was like, yeah, but like two days ago, we were like laying in bed and you were like, if it makes you happy, babe, that's all that matters. That's all that mattered to him before he met my mom and dad. So he changed his tune pretty quickly. Whole 180 within like an hour. Wow. My mom convinced him because she's just like, you really want to have a wife that fucks other men and women on camera and then gets paid for it? You're okay with that? How do you think your parents are going to feel knowing that? That's what. So they were shaming him as well. Oh, my mom was just like, "Really, oh, you you want that for your life? All right." I think she even asked a question like that on the documentary. I think I I might be recalling it incorrectly, but it was something like she's talking to Kendall and she's like, "How do you date someone who does this?" And you're sitting right there, and it's yeah. like, "I don't mean to be rude to you mm -hmm. or anything. How can you date someone like? Yeah, how I, can I you? It. I hate it. I I completely hate it. He hates it, mom. Trust okay, me, he hates I hate it. it. And I, I want her to stop. Like that, ooh, that conversation was, that was horrible. It was, was it was brutal. It was and an hour yeah. and a half conversation and they only took that three minutes of it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that long. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Girl. It was, mm, yeah. ooh, that was one hell of a time. And so you got out of the industry for pretty much a decade. Almost, yes, pretty much. Um, and then ended up going back. So, I mean, again, girl, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of parallels to coming out in the queer industry and the queer um, experience as well, where you'll sit down with your family. You have a lifestyle that you really um, makes you happy, mm -hmm. makes you really want to be there. Um, and unfortunately, your family doesn't understand 
So because they think typically, usually, um, that you're going to go to hell if you um, do this mm -hmm. lifestyle, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, so they give you this ultimatum of like, are you sure you want to, you know, risk all eternity, lose your entire family because we won't be here um, in order So to much fear. Yeah. It's like fear-based yes. shame. And God. so that's what puts a lot of people back in the closet for years. years yeah. Until their parents pass away and Basically. then they come out when they're in their 50s and then they finally get to live like a happy finally get to be life. happy yeah. yeah they get to like find the partner that they've been wanting or or they finally get to take him out of hiding because they've probably been in secret yeah, yeah. it's just like oh. no i relate to that parallel mm. for sure for sure so do you feel like you basically were in the closet um for those nine years where you were out of the industry yeah i was in the slut do? closet i guess yeah. <laughs> i was just like fuck i just the fucking closet man yeah, suppressing these like yeah. wants and desires and, and just like not being able to really do what I want to do and also do that with my partner. Okay. Because I've learned in my 20s, dating and marriage, it's just not for me. And I don't want to have kids anyways. I have 13 nieces and nephews. So Girl. it's like I am I'm a great A aunt. I'm great mm -hmm. with birthdays, Christmases. That those are my kids. Yeah, and you get the, kids. You get the, I was about to say, you get to give them back yes, you know, at the end yes, of the day. Spoil exactly. them and, <laughs> and, and, back and I have two dogs, so it's like I got a lot on my plate. I don't need a baby. I don't need a man. I want one sometimes, but only whenever I want to just like cuddle. So are you single right now? Yes, I am single. Does being in the industry affect your personal life? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, because I actually had to uh, block someone. Well, not like on my phone or anything like that but like I just had to like block off my emotions for him because he 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 liked me he he liked everything about me but he just didn't like that I was in the industry he didn't like that I had an only fans he didn't like that I didn't want to get married or have kids so it's like all right well those four are pretty like important things, yeah. so like yeah. I had to just like stop investing emotions into that man so okay. that was like a setback so it's it's not that bad but it's just like damn it you have a good one good one it's hard it's hard when you like them but there's like all those incompatibilities yes. or like they don't like what you do but you like what you do so you're mm -hmm. not gonna stop exactly have you ever dated anyone else in the industry no mm, okay i came close but i was a little too young for him at the time Aw, that's okay. Time what about uh, dating life when you were out of the industry, like not when you were in it? Um, I would say I, I actually wouldn't tell them until like I felt like I could trust them with that kind of information and them not be like, oh, you were? You, you were in the industry? Oh, yeah? Really? We should. We should... There were reactions like yeah, that? Yeah, there okay, were guys that would just do that. It's like, yeah, but like I don't. I you know I've heard I wait so a long time before I tell them yeah and I could see why you would because um we were just talking about um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Royal Fetish Films but I know like Jasmine Jasmine and King Noir like they're over um Royal Fetish Films like they have their own production company but King Noir he says something like 
just because I've fucked other people does not mean I want to fuck you. <laughs> like, hey, like, hey, don't yeah. assume that just because I'm in porn that like you're I'm automatically game. Yeah, like, and that's what I think. Like, people just have that, that assumption. Like, mm-hmm. well, you do it all the time. Why? Like, that let's go. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I want to kind of get back to OnlyFans and that business model. So how mm-hmm. does that work? I've never been on OnlyFans. I don't mm-hmm. really know the platform. So do you? I, I know there's a paywall that they have to subscribe. Correct. Yes and no. You can set up your account to either be free to subscribe or you can put a dollar amount. I think mm. the lowest that you can do is like three ninety nine a month. On oh, wow. oh wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's For like your favorite creator. That's that's mm-hmm. a bargain. Okay, mm-hmm. but that can go from three ninety nine to I've seen the most fifty dollars a month, and wow. I'm like kind of curious <laughs> sparked my curiosity what is worth fifty dollars a month on your profile like sometimes mm-hmm. i just get a little curious but yeah it's like either free or you pay um only fans does take 20 percent of every sale that the creator makes okay so if i sell something for a hundred dollars they take 20 okay so Okay. I mean, that's uh, go OnlyFans because they basically have this platform where all the creators get to make content for them and they get a nice little pay cut for it just by having the platform. So Yeah, but you that. can't just post anything on OnlyFans. Like, they do have restrictions. Like, you can't no just... No way. Yes, you cannot just post anything. Like, you just can't. <laughs> like, what are, what are some of the restrictions? Because I'm thinking... Well, I found out one and I didn't realize it until they were like, they flagged me and they're like... This is not uh, appropriate content for OnlyFans. Please delete. And I'm like, damn, can't post that. Okay. I forgot what the term was, but this gentleman asked me for a very disgusting video of me going to the restroom. Oh, okay. So like, like brown showers are not allowed, or like yeah, people- urinating. Okay. Stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. That There's stuff that you, I do know that's a fetish. You can't shoot out in public. Or else your shit will get flagged and they won't post it because okay. if there's anyone in the background or if okay. it looks like a public place, that's yeah. it's illegal. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it would make sense. Anything that's illegal, that would make sense why they would so. want to take down. But with porn in the industry, you could have sex outside and film it. Like you can do it in the industry. You just can't do it on the OnlyFans platform. Mm. It has to be liability reasons. I'm yep. assuming in mm-hmm. the industry they've not really vet, but they know the laws. Of oh, yeah. That. Especially Florida. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They know the law to the T. They know the eyes, everything. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you think it's anything to do with, like, because I know this, I think this was like a couple years ago, um, but I know OnlyFans was shut down for a time or they were not, yeah, it, it was like, we're not going to allow, or maybe not shut down, but it was like, they were we're gonna, not going to allow any nudity or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they were going to take away practically like the porn aspect of OnlyFans. They Which were going to remove yeah. all adult talents because they didn't want that platform. But the moment that they shut down the platform, they noticed that over 60% of their creators were adult content. Yeah. So yes. it's like, you're going to lose so, so many, much money and so, so many subscribers. Money. Yeah. So yeah. But so, I wasn't a part of that. I, I didn't, I wasn't in it during that time because it was it was a while a little while ago i don't remember exactly when but yeah i wonder i wonder if that's part like when it came back i wonder if they put even some restrictions to i don't know maybe maybe yeah Yeah. but yeah 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't know that? that only no, fans? I didn't know. Why would that? Because don't don't get me wrong. I do know that there's certain OnlyFans uh, producers who like do feet mm-hmm. or they do um, just pictures of them eating or, you know, just certain things like that. So I do know that there's a lot of uh, creators that aren't. There's no nudity. Mm-hmm. There's no adult content. But OnlyFans is synonymous with adult content. So that's crazy that they would even make that decision. And that's why people yeah. are going on OnlyFans. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to get a little. I want to get to know you a little bit better, Miss Tressa. So okay. um, this is a sex positive podcast, uh, mm-hmm. and so we don't kink the, shame here, right? No, okay. absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't do that. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, what well, sex positivity is basically um, it preaches, you know, safe sex practices, all inclusivity, all all types of kinks, all types of bodies, lifestyles, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also preaches uh, fairness in the industry. We're p- pro porn, mm-hmm. um, equity, like yeah. yeah. So all of those things. So I'm curious what your sex education was like, both in home and in uh, school. So let's start with home. Did you have sex education at home? Yes, my mom and I and my sister, not really my dad, but um, we talked about sex just because like my mom didn't want me and my sister to get pregnant in high school or not be able to like graduate like she wanted us she's like i just want you guys to get through school without getting pregnant and just graduate if you go to college cool not i don't care go work but she's like i just want she's like that is just like my only goal right now Mm. is just to get you guys through high school without getting pregnant how old were you how old was i yeah when you got your Um, sex education i want to say i was probably close to like seven Okay, so young. Yeah, I was I was exposed to sex at a very young age. Um, I saw my first porno whenever I was like eight. No way. So Mm. yeah, it was like pay per view. Like it was a DVD. (laughs) It was a a DVD, and I'm just like, why is he doing that? Why is she making those noises? Oh my god, (laughs) what is going on? Like freaking out. (laughs) Like freaking out. Like no, no. No, I just mine was shocking. Mine was a little magazine. It was like you know maybe like like a foot long like it was just tiny tiny little magazine that my dad left out on the toilet or something at one one and I remember opening it and then seeing like his ginormous member and I was like oh oh okay put this back no we don't look at that we don't look at that very shocking when I was younger too um okay so you were about mm, seven eight whenever she sat you down and kind of was she very scientific about it or she was just like your body's going to start changing. You're going to start getting body hair. Some parts of your body, it's normal. You're going to start getting cramps. That's normal. Talk to me when it starts happening. We'll go get you your first training bra. Like, I think that's when we actually started talking about more about sex is when I got my first training bra. So okay. I think about it. So, yeah. And uh, do you look back at that and think that that was a correct approach for her to kind of because obviously you didn't get pregnant in high school. So that part worked. Yeah. Oh, you did get okay. Never mind. So yeah, I did get pregnant at uh, 15, um, but obviously aborted it because okay. I, my mom and you're 15. Yeah, I'm 15. Can't support yeah a child yeah. or baby. I'm still one myself, so it's like. Yeah. But yeah, I was 15. That was a lot of emotional distress on me yeah Um, I was so confused I didn't know what was happening and why I was so upset but like I was just an emotional wreck afterwards so I wouldn't I wouldn't get another one if I ever did get pregnant though again okay that's what birth control is for oh yeah girl IUD (laughs) (laughs) the strongest one I vouch for that 
Oh, yeah, your hetero contraptions, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that was your sex education. Um, and then and, in school yeah. was just, you know. Did you get any? Yeah, I. Uh, the first time I did was in sixth grade. Okay. Sixth grade, well, no, fourth grade. Yeah, that's me too. Pads. Okay. Pads were the discussion. Tampons. So no sex at all. No sex. It was just period. Okay. Just like periods and like. For boys, like body hair, that was the only thing in like their body, and their and <laughs> their and then their their thing does stuff in the morning. Oh, like okay. that was really it for them. And then for us, it was just like periods about pads and tampons and stuff like that, and body hair. Um, and then middle school is when they started doing like the slideshows, like this is your ovary, that's your cervix, and oh. like all of that, like actually educating us about our anatomy, which was cool. Um, but for the most part, like they didn't tell us like abstinence is key. They ne- mm. I never once heard that come from a teacher's mouth. Interesting. Never. And it was in Texas, right? You grew yep. up in Texas. Okay. New Braunfels. Hey girl. That no, is so like- such a unique uh, experience. Yeah. I feel like I feel like mine was it was abstinence only. It was like too uncomfortable to talk about, even from the teacher. So oh, it was wow. just very kind of glazed over, like bare minimum. We can check off that we talked about it, but you, you said know. these words. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. Points and that's enough. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, you guys got way more than I did. Mine was third, fourth grade, and I just remember it was all reproduction. It was the pads. It was the periods, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then I never, I never received it. Middle school, high school, nothing like that. Dang. So yeah, and I went. I had a health course in high school. You would figure that they would have. Yeah, I was like, I did a health course too, and they yeah. still talked about sex. We talked about STIs, so we would do like you know mm-hmm. um, anything sexually transmitted and how that would work, and then different types of STIs. But other than that, no, that was my sex education was very limited in school. Mm-hmm. I got most wow. of mine from home. Yeah, which was similar to yours. I knew um, how sex worked and procreation worked when I was around five, six, seven. Yeah. yeah. See. Yeah. So go on. From the sex education growing up, uh, so you were very sexually active uh, through your teenage years. Did that affect your personal relationships as far as dating or anything in high school? I didn't really date in high school. Okay. I did have boyfriends from now and again, but mm-hmm. for the most part, like, I didn't really date. Okay. Yeah. So your partners were just kind of like one-offs, like, let's have some fun. And- yeah, just booty call. Okay. One-time thing, two-time thing. Sometimes three. And was was it always pleasurable or did it kind of work out? I was still learning my body at at the Mm. time. So, like, I was still trying to figure out, like, "Mm, I don't really like that one. Or, like, oh, I like doing this, but not for too long. Like, I was learning a lot about my body. But I didn't have sex with anyone until I was 13. But I was able to climax by 12. Oh, with your own body. Yeah, I was able to do it all mm. for myself at the age of 12. Oh, so you, you knew what an orgasm felt like before yeah. you even had it. Before I even had a okay. penis inside me, yeah. I I knew what it felt like, but I was never able to get that orgasm that I was able to give myself from someone else. So I was yeah. like trying to find that growing up. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm 19. I've already gone through 50 people, like. I guess I'll just join the industry. Like, there's got to be something out there that I can, like, enjoy. I love I love having sex, but I, I want to enjoy it more. I want to learn more about my body and just explore. So, I like I that. So industry. your first orgasm with a partner wasn't until in the industry? Yes. 
Oh, wow. Which I feel like is very yes. common. Mm -hmm. Figuring out how to make that happen with a partner took a lot of exploring, mm -hmm. a lot of different experiences, and it took years for me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even girl, girl, which you would figure we kind of know each other's anatomy a little mm -hmm. bit, but no, but still, it's everyone's we, different. We still like different things. Exactly. It's a different experience when there's someone else there, yep. you know, totally. as opposed to you getting yourself off. Mm -hmm. Okay. So would you say that you got a lot of that education from experience or was it from like watching porn and uh, uh, that? Because I do know a lot of people use porn for their education and anatomy. I didn't really watch porn growing okay. up. Um, like I, maybe like once in a while, but for the most part, like I used my imagination to get Yay, off. Okay. Plus my parents were like, don't use up all your minutes. You're using up all the internet, all the gigabytes. <laughs> you can't, like, back in the day, back in the day. No, not enough data to watch, porn. <laughs> to watch porn. on my phone and the computer was in their room. So it's like, mm, can't yeah. really watch that. Yeah. Yeah. That was back when I wanted to use the internet. The phone line goes down. Yep. So <laughs> mm -hmm. You have to take the phone out. Yes. Yep. Yes. God, showing our ages right now. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So back into the industry. I'm a little bit curious as far as... Uh, in the documentary, we did see some, um, not really body shaming, uh, but we did see a little bit of your body kind of being um, showcased. I would I would almost say it was body shaming. And maybe you didn't feel that way, but like as a viewer, there was, and I'm not even saying the intention was body shaming, but there was like the scene I think about is like the photographer and it's like, Maybe not with the photographer, but it's like, she's not toned enough here and she looks a little pudgy there or whatever. And so it was like, I don't know if you would classify that as body shaming, but as a viewer, I was like, oh, man, that's going to be hard to hear comments about your body like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It does take a toll on you. But for the most part, I mean, I knew where my weight was. I knew I was getting a little heavy. But at the same time, I really I didn't give a fuck. Good. Yeah. I was still getting booked. I was still making money. So it's like. And you still looked great, yeah. by the way. Like, as a viewer, I was like, I'm not understanding. That's like, yeah, but they uh, prefer, I think, women that are just, like, super, super tiny with, like, no fat on their stomach and, like, just a fat ass and big tits. Or probably no tits or no ass, but just petite, thin. very thin women. I guess, mm. like, the model industry as mm. well. They did seem to cater towards more, like, the teen scenes. Yes, Which I the would younger, the skinnier, almost not busty mm -hmm. would be it would be better for that type yeah. of a mm -hmm. scene. Um, okay, so body shaming. So you wouldn't say that, or is that pretty common for them to comment on your body? Was that was a very common thing, or this one scene? I mean, just if they made the comment towards me, I didn't really give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really care. I know with some other girls, they might be like, okay, well, I guess I need to go to the gym today or like I need to like eat a salad or something I don't know like what girls do when they think that they need to lose Crazy. weight but me I'm like I'm comfortable in my skin I feel good in my body and obviously there's gonna be a man out there that's gonna jack off to me so it's yeah. like mm -hmm. so it's like it doesn't matter if I'm like 10 pounds heavier than this skinny bitch guess what there's gonna be a man that there's gonna be many men that are gonna want to just watch me so yeah it's like and that's so one thing what? that was confusing to me because with the access of the internet versus like magazines and mm -hmm. DVDs and all those stuff, it seems like you pretty much it makes it to where it's very, it's more, in, I, I would figure it would be more inclusive with all different types of body shapes, different types of nationalities, different mm -hmm. types of cultures. Yeah. Um, I would just assume that. It just so. depends on who you're shooting with as well. Okay. 
might be the company they have a specific image that they have their girls looking okay mm. that makes sense like vixen very specific like with vixen their girls are just like top tier ladies like they are just they're my favorite oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I like the vixen girls they're just so beautiful but they're all like they're not all the same size like mm. you have like shorter you got talls you got like you have variety with them oh i like that that's just what i think that's just my opinion well yeah as a consumer (laughs) i prefer the bodies to look real i want like the girl next door exactly Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. just normal body not too tight or too small like give me some fat i want meat on them bones hey girl (laughs) i want that meat same same um (laughs) Uh, how I mean how did you or I guess what was your opinion of the documentary you know going back and watching it did you think it was well done did you think it was biased at all because documentaries can easily it's whatever lens they choose whatever story they choose to spin they can do it and so I'm interested what you thought of it well with the audience that they were trying to attract obviously um it wasn't what I thought it was going to be it was still a very well put together documentary it was a very well documentary but uh for the most part when i think of how my story should have been told i feel like they kind of shadowed me out from that they're like "Mm, we're gonna make your life look like this instead yeah the storyline was very much you guys having a blast at at first Mm -hmm. everything's great you're making money and then they just made it look so bad yeah, they did because it's so interesting talking to you because your experience wasn't that bad. I, like you, I you had a lot of highlights from I didn't it. Have a bad experience yeah. in the industry. I really didn't. Yeah, I, I was having the time of my life. Like I wasn't sad. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't depressed. Shit. Like it wasn't until you went home. It was only until I went home that all that <laughs> shit would just like pile on me, and I'm like, all right, obviously this, there's something that's like wrong i either need to just stick with this and do my own thing or i just need to come back home Mm. and so i was like well i guess i'll just try this whole let's get married and have a family normal life life. normal life and i'm like no that's not for me hey girl it's not for me yeah that's why i'm glad we're talking about it because you never know with a documentary i mean documentaries will whatever message they want to portray is what you're going to believe as a viewer like oh my god yeah yeah and so now i'm talking to you i'm like that's such an interesting it's nice to know what your actual experience was yeah and a lot of people always think that i was just like this little girl yeah like, fragile delicate thing and i'm like no that was a hard ass like i was pissed off that i didn't get to do whatever i wanted to do because they wanted to just ground me again and it's like i don't want to be grounded i want to be free Hey girl. yeah I let me do what you want yes no, no. make my money the way i want to you know love it love it well you're i mean now you're grown you've ex- you've experienced life a little bit and you're like no this is who i am this is what i want i'm going and i'm going it. to just do it fuck yes yeah and if yeah. my parents and my family want to be up by my side awesome if not okay do you, do you have a close relationship with them no. like today yeah, okay yeah uh, we have a close relationship now um i mean shit it's just it's been like 10 years of just like working on our relationships because after I left to come live here with Kendall, me and my dad, we actually didn't speak for like over a year and a half. Wow. Like we did not, like I would still send him like happy birthday, Merry Christmas, Thanksgiving, mm. stuff like that. Nothing. I wouldn't get anything back. 
until I was like, um, until I told him that Kendall was starting to like act up and be abusive. Then he was like, okay, like come back home. You, we can regroup. Let's talk. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Okay. And then that's when me and my dad started to work on our relationship more. So Kendall, I mean, you know, speaking of like documentary looking however once, you know, they want it to look Mm -hmm. and maybe this wasn't them trying to like manipulate the story. But Kendall seems so like nice and supportive. Yeah, normal and like great guy in the documentary. And, you know, hearing from you now, like that was not ended up not being the case at all with him. He turned he turned against me pretty much. He did like a full 180 when him and my mom were talking to me on the couch in the documentary. So. Yeah. It was like it was so annoying because we were talking for over an hour and a half and it I just felt like we were just talking in circles until my mom's like, you know what, Kendall, if you want that, have it. I mean, he got shamed. It seems have like. It. Yeah. 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 So I'm just like, well, thanks for making me feel like a whore, mom. Thanks for making me feel like I'm a prostitute or like a soulless person. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, all I want to do is make money and have sex. Yeah. Mm hmm. So have they changed their tune as far as like the way they look at your work or do they still just not, it's like something you just don't talk about? We don't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Like we, we don't mention it. We don't bring it up. We don't bring it to the surface and whoever does will hear the wrath of my father. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm just like, well, if anyone's going to talk shit, they might as well like let my dad hear it. (laughs) let my dad take care of all that because like i'm if my family's gonna talk shit about me i don't really give i don't care like they're gonna do it regardless they don't live in my life like they're not here with me every day they don't walk yeah. in their shoes so it's yeah. like it's probably better for y'all's relationship not to talk about yeah, it exactly yeah. and i think that probably brought us a lot closer than whenever i was little because my dad like we would go hunting and yeah, do absolutely. a bunch of different trips like that so i think when that all went down and then regrouping just made us a lot stronger. Okay. Do you know if they got any like flack or any like response from peers as far as like after that film came out? From what I'm aware of, no one is going to approach my father about his daughter being in the industry. I think most men would probably find that disrespectful to approach another Mm. man about his daughter. Yeah. But I'm, I'm especially curious about your mother, though, because, I, I mean, women talk. We, we talk. From what I'm aware, my mom hasn't had anyone approach her okay. about me. Um, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. We all, like, my, my parents are really good at keeping secrets. So if they have secrets, they can keep them to yeah. the grave. I don't need it. Oh, girl. No, I feel, fine. Girl, I feel what you're saying, like, hardcore. Like, I definitely relate to it because I am the rainbow sheep of the family. So I know. I'm the my, black sheep. A girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sheep to sheep. Sheep to sheep. <laughs> but, yeah, so I know that my identifier with a lot of my family is I'm the lesbian cousin or I'm the lesbian aunt, whatever it is. Um, and I do know that I'm uh, a lot of them don't believe in my lifestyle. So I do know I get talked shit. How, how do you not believe in love? I'm so sorry. But, like. You love someone. That's like yeah. that. 
yeah. that's real that's legitimate like what the fuck <laughs> it contradicts with their faith though and it contradicts with their um, i understand them yeah. being probably old-fashioned exactly. but get with the times honey <laughs> sorry but, no like, but seriously, seriously though like when someone's time. like well, i don't believe it i'm like well it's literally happening right in front of your face <laughs> yeah there's not, nothing to believe right but I, like, I react the same yeah way that you do where mm-hmm. i was like okay well you can have your beliefs you can you know talk your shit you can hate however you want i'm still gonna live my life i'm still gonna yeah um, to be honest i feel like i'm happier than you are because i'm actually living my truth and i'm not in a little mm-hmm. box that mm-hmm. you know, someone decided for me right yep um so yeah there's a little bit of empowerment that i get from oh, being absolutely. queer yeah so i'm assuming so it's kind of you get like yeah. this little empowerment of like i get to do what the fuck i want and no one gets well, to say yeah, shit. exactly yeah. i mean i have my own place i have my own car like i pay for most of my stuff um Girl, no, but it's like it. but it's like no one can tell me shit. Love it. Like, no mm-hmm. one can tell me anything. And I love just being able to have that kind of lifestyle now because it's been what I've, it's what I've been craving since I was 19 years old. Mm. So I'm, I'm finally here now and it's like, man, I'm just going to start listening to my own heart from now on because yeah. my head gets a little confusing sometimes. So it's like, in my heart, what do I really, really want to do? Girl, yes. And I'm going to do it. Damn right, damn right. So are there any scenes, like specific scenes um, that you felt very empowered in? <sighs> Empowerment, damn. I was not really like the dominant one okay. ever. I'm a natural sub, so okay. like I didn't really do too much domin- do- uh, dominance on anyone or like felt like I was like on top of the world. I feel like I'm always superior when I come though. Like mm. if they just make me come down, like oh yeah, I'm I'm working it right now. I'm working it. No, I'm getting power bottom vibes from. You oh, know. absolutely, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. power bottom, for sure. Power bottom. Love it. Okay, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, girl. Yeah. But no specific scenes really like come out to me. The only ones that I really think about still to like this day is anything with Tony Rubino or Carter Cruz. Those are like my two favorites that I just. <laughs> favorite talents was it just because you had attraction or was attraction working with them their personalities off camera and Mm. on camera the chemistry that Mm. that we would have oh my god it's just i just wish that we could have a threesome (laughs) (laughs) so hot all right you hear that guys (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know if carter's in the industry anymore i know that she went to djing so she's doing her music career flourishing in that so i'm all for her with that and tony he's been in the industry for over 20 years so he he knows the game he knows how to play now that you're in a lot of control over the scenes you have and um what you're producing do you notice a difference in like the views or the people the things that people will pay for when it comes to like scenes that you really 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 enjoy like they were really pleasurable for you to make versus some that are maybe vanilla um honestly no really i i can't really think of any because the world is so freaking huge and i think i have like over a million views with all of my videos put together so i don't i don't really know how to like even determine that but so you don't do anything like like you won't um you don't look at the analytics for no i don't i don't look at like the law like any of that like seeing like views likes or anything like i just post what you want what i want and if someone likes it they like if they don't they don't like i don't give a shit i'm living my life i'm having the time of my life right now no one could really like just be like you suck i suck too 
Yes. Very well. <laughs> I think very well. Yes. Right. Um, well, I have one more question for her, but I didn't know if you had any more oh, questions okay. for her. Um, my question is kind of like my final question, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, what advice would you have for anyone who's entering the amateur porn industry or joining OnlyFans or anything, right? Like what advice would you have for someone who's new? Have a backbone. Mm. Okay. Have a backbone. Because if you don't have that, you're gonna have people that are just gonna push you in different directions and then you are going to lose yourself. Like you have to have a great backbone and you have to know what you want and what you don't want before you even get started. Like I don't want to have anal. I don't want to do this, X, Y, and Z, whatever. And then just make sure that you find yourself a trustworthy agent that will book you, that will also get a good, uh, good photographer to take still photos of you, and just market you the way that you need to. Mm-hmm. So just treat your body like a business, basically. Yes, okay. absolutely. Because your body is what's selling. So you got to keep yeah. that perfect or in your eyes or in mm-hmm. their eyes in the best condition oh possible. yeah best it basically market it well you know best mm-hmm. marketers best photographers but yeah okay yeah. and they also have to just remember that it's going to be on the internet mm-hmm. people will see it and they have to be comfortable with going back to their hometown or going back home or wherever out in public even here in dallas like i'm a little nervous not gonna lie i get a little nervous every time i come to dallas no, really i do <laughs> never know <laughs> the timeline confused me on the documentary. Were you in the DFW while you were still in the industry, or was this after you came home? This was after I came home. Okay. So because you- I was living with Kendall part-time-ish, because like I would fly down for like a week to see him and then work for three weeks. Got it. Okay. That was my schedule. Um, so I, w- I would have a bag at his place already, but uh, we officially moved in together when it was in the documentary. Okay. So... Okay. I was okay. somewhat in Arlington DFW in the in- while well, I was working in the industry. Hey, here in Agtown. Okay. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So the one big thing I wanted to ask, because the one thing that a lot of people think when they think about the porn industry, they think about the adult industry at all, is that they worry that it's exploitative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of... Uh, um, sex workers who are in the industry who are like no it's empowering and i do remember hearing um someone who was commenting actually on it was a youtube video commenting on hot girls wanted um and she her, i believe her name is veronica Vane. um and she basically said that there is no empowerment there's not just empowerment in the industry there's not just exploitative it's not it's not black and white mm-hmm. it's not you know one it's or the gray. other it's mm-hmm. gray area it's both mm-hmm. so I guess what, in your opinion, as someone who is in the industry, what parts were exploitative? Um, I've never, I, I never felt like I was exploited okay. because I didn't have anyone that was trying to be malicious or okay. anything to like degrade me or like put me down or like my career. So it's like, I didn't have that. I was in a very supportive house with a bunch of girls that wanted and loved to do the same thing mm-hmm. and a very supportive agent as well. So it's like, I didn't really get exploited. I didn't feel like I did at least. Okay, good. So um, I don't know about the other girls, but I know for my point of view in doing the industry, I didn't I didn't feel like I got exploited. And I feel like after talking to you, it's about that backbone. So that's mm-hmm. why you give that big advice of you need to have a backbone, you need to have conviction on what, you, what your nose are. Yes. And that mm-hmm. pretty much, it seems like that would be the only way you would get exploited is 
exploited is if you start letting them if run all weak, over you. Yep, if you're yeah. weak-minded and you just don't have that backbone. Okay. Like, so it's easy to be taken advantage of, but you have the power to stop that, yeah. essentially. Yeah, okay. you just yeah. have to have that mindset going into this industry. Like, you have to be strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't let anyone, like, really bother you or talk shit about you online. Like, you need to just focus on you, do your work, and make your money. Love it. Yeah. And then just before we close out, the one thing or the other thing I also want to bring up in the documentary that did shock me even is the medical um, aspect of it. Yeah. So is that is that normal for you to have like, I guess not normal, but is that common almost for there to be some medical issues that come up that you kind of have to work through? Uh, Not work through. Not necessarily. It just depends on the severity. Um, With mine, Bartholin's cyst. I was just having way too much sex that one of my tubes that moistens my vagina just got clogged. Mm. Just too much uh, moisture. moisture. Too much moisture. So that was like my only downfall. But other girls will get like really gnarly ingrowns, like gnarly Mm. ones. And then you can't film that because you can see it. And then it looks like they got something. It's like you don't want to film when you look like that. And you also got to remember with some people, they might have hemorrhoids. So if you have a hemorrhoid, you can't shoot it, especially if you're doing anal. Can't do that. That's fair, too. So okay. it just depends on, like, your background, your medical history, and just taking that into effect as well. Okay. Was the cyst the only medical issue that you've had so far? Yeah, it's the only one I've ever oh, had. Oh, good. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I have not gotten, like, a, a like an STD or any sort of diseases. I've never even gotten chlamydia. And, you know, someone told me the other day. They said, if you haven't gotten the clap, you're not living. What? <laughs> I swear. I was like, excuse me? I guess I'm not living. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not living either. I thought I was living it up. Oh, girl. But I was like, if you haven't had the clap, you're not living. Girl, I love your perspective. It seems like you're enjoying what you want to do. You're happy. You're enjoying your lifestyle. I you am. have a lot of control. You have mm-hmm. like this creative freedom that you got. Like, it's, it's really awesome to see. Thanks. I, I'm really happy, finally, in, like, once in my life. That's I'm, good. I'm finally happy. Um, I'm not in a stressful relationship or an unloving relationship. And it's just, I love just being by myself and doing me and, my like, having my dogs, living my life, traveling. So I, I couldn't really ask for anything more, really, except maybe more traveling. Okay. <laughs> that would be the only thing. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we, I mean, we're so glad that we got to have you on and talk with you today. We really appreciate it. We think our listeners will really appreciate it as well. But actually, I want to, do you want to plug anything that you have? Oh, like, yeah. Right yeah. Plug, uh, plug. This is like what? Like what? Like, like your my, OnlyFans. Oh, like my how they find you. Or it could be like follow me on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like you guys can definitely follow me on Instagram. Um, I also have a Twitter. That one's going to be under my Stella May account. So it'll be the real Stella May or at real Stella May. And my OnlyFans will be um, OnlyFans Stella May. So. Okay. Yep. Yes, and we will um, we'll include links yeah. where um, you can works. find Tressa as well. Yeah, so that works. Great. So yeah, everyone, thanks for tuning in to listen and and also to listen to Tressa again. So thankful that she's here. Um, we are Sex Positivity Unfiltered, and remember to stay curious and fuck politeness. Fuck you, politeness. Hey, I like that. Yes. I love that. <laughs>